Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Jake Rip. You can find me on Twitter at JakeTakesFF. And joining me always, folks, you know him, you love him, you know where to find him on Twitter, at KyleMonth8, but he's going to be on this show all year long, folks. Give it up for Kyle August. Thank you. Thank you. Always so generous with the studio. Dude, these, I mean, they're amazing. Every week, I mean, it doesn't matter what time we go live. We go live at a different time every single week, and they're always here ready to go. Um, I was just laughing. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I was laughing ahead of time because it, we're in this age now. Everybody has to be on YouTube, right? You just, you have to. Like, And I always, you know, the old joke, I have a face for radio and all that. But the reason I was laughing was because I remember – and back in the day before it was live and everyone saw like when it was just audio, I'd still like have a video call going or like I would pod I've podcasted like in person with people. And whenever someone else is doing the intro, I just sit there and like try to mess them up, you know, like give them the bird and, you know, things that probably shouldn't go on YouTube. So like yeah. every time you host, I just in my head, I'm like, don't be a dick, you know? <laughs> You can't screw. You know what? I screwed up the the intro the the other day, and I got real mad at myself. And since then, I've re- really tried to buckle down and uh, not mess up the Kyle Month Eight tagline. Uh, you know what I was thinking though? With these, I was we're giving out Twitter handles, dude. I got to step up my freaking Twitter game. I checked it out the other day. I haven't even been on there, and and who knows how long? I, I think my last tweet was in February or something. It's <laughs> I, shameful. I, I posted something today and I was like, just like I, that I came across like super fast and it was actually fantasy relevant. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I've got to put some nuggets out there for the people. Uh, I, I probably lost my share of followers this year because I've been uh, just tweeting too much NASCAR. Shit. <laughs> but uh, I'm, My last tweet, I just traced it back here to the end of May. So I'm I'm nothing for June, nothing for June. I'm not doing a good job, by the way, of selling my Twitter handle. No, uh, it was this. This was a solid tweet back in May. I uh, quote tweeted CBS Sports headquarters, and they said, "Which NFL throwback logo would you like to bring back?" And it showed all the throwback logos and all those sweet ones that we all know and love. And the one of the uh, of the Bengals was so funny to me because he looks just like Chester Cheeto, like. <laughs> literally it's it's exactly like that same cartoony thing so i just quote tweeted it put lol bengals and uh i got a gif of chester cheeto he's like sprinkling cheetos down on the ground and that got zero zero likes and zero retweets and zero comments (laughs) i i definitely saw it i should have i apparently i didn't give it the old heart but uh no, yeah. you know what? I respect your honesty and <laughs> and knowing that you're not too biased. You can at least recognize a bad tweet and keep scrolling. <laughs> I'm not going to like this just because it's Jake's. Dude, uh, honestly, half my stuff is just 
uh, re, uh, is just quote te- tweets, t- quote tweets, quote, oh, quote, tote tweets, tote tweets, cool quip. Uh, if you listen to last, I mentioned that if you've listened to, uh, well, last Friday on the Warzone feed, I was hanging out with Memphis and he dropped a, a, a cool quip, uh, Jake, Jake Rip, yeah, mentioned yeah. on there, but. Anyway, I yeah, you, I enjoyed your appearance on the war zone this week. Fantastic episode. But yeah, super funny. Memphis uh, says I put too much emphasis on the H. But here's the thing that he's getting wrong is there is zero emphasis on the H. It is just rip. It, you just pretend it isn't even there. It's there for show. It's there to pretty up the last name. Yeah, but I didn't come up with it. I was born with it. But that, that's what I'm rolling with. But if you want to, you know, we can go with Jake Whip, Jake Whip, Whip, Whip. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first time I ever did a show with you, I, I, that was the first thing I made sure to ask you. I'm like, I gotta make, cause I list, I heard you on other shows and I was like, I'm pretty sure they're not pronouncing that H in there. And I'm the worst with freaking names, bro. Like, thank God yeah. my last name is August. Like, otherwise I'd probably screw that up too. <laughs> um, but I'm the worst with freaking names. So, uh, yeah, I, Memphis always drops that. It's always a good time. And if you missed that episode, it dropped last Friday. Um, we recorded it a little earlier in the week, but, uh, we just talked about some, and it's a great topic for our listeners here, but we just talked about just the, you know, redraft and the transition to dynasty and things to look out for. And we also covered some, a few other nuggets in there. So definitely go back and check that one out. But uh, yeah, I got to step up the Twitter game. I'll, I'll be, I'll be dropping some stuff on here. I'm working through some rankings and some things. So going to be plenty of good things over on, uh, on Twitter at Kyle month eight. So give me a follow. We'll interact on there. I love hearing from you guys. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a good time. Just, just a slow time of year, you know, for the news and stuff. So it's kind of like you're just hanging. It is a slow time of year for news. And man, I really wanted to transition into some news right there. But I got a little uh, PSA announcement I want to drop right, real quick right here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your weekly reminder that we do stream the Fantasy Football Smackdown live to YouTube every single Monday night. Uh, you can watch us live record every single show including this one in real time you can see Kyle's sweet jazz hands over there my graphic tee of the week you could be in for something really sweet this week actually you you know uh, you, you can't see it on YouTube but take my word for it I came into the uh, the studio here if you will and uh, the arm for the microphone here had completely taken a spill it fell through the hole I have in the desk it's this whole terrible setup but right now I have it propped up with a book and a fork. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's a, it's a bad setup to begin with. But on top of that, I have this gnat that keeps flying around. You might keep, you might see it every once in a while on, on camera here. But I'm swinging at this gnat, and I just, I know exactly how this is going to end, and it's not going to be pretty. And, it, and the microphone's going to be on the floor by the, the end of the show. But anyways, if you're on YouTube, you can catch all that happen instead of uh, listening to it on the podcast. <laughs> You want to get people. You want to get people over to at Jake Takes FF on Twitter. You got to post a picture of your mic setup uh, at least because we can't see it as far as the fork in the book. But I think you got to take a photo, post that over there. I got. I got to like with your name on it if I see it. Oh, I like that. That better be a promise. (laughs) I I will take that picture and uh, and I will make sure to tweet it. Hell, you you guys can you tweet us live during the show, and you might just become part of the show if you're uh, if whatever you have to say is compelling enough, or you know if if one of the two of us decides to zone out in the middle of the show, Kyle. (laughs) That's the right way. No, No, this way, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, then, uh, yeah, we might just get to you, but anyways, subscribe to the DWZ YouTube channel. Join us for the best discussion in 
fantasy football every single Monday night. And perhaps this would be a good time to mention that uh, we're also going to be on the DWZ show. What tomorrow, right, Kyle? We're recording tomorrow. I don't. I don't know if Memphis is going to let us on the on the Mothership Wednesday show or if he's going to put us on, you know, in AAA on for Friday because that's what he did with me last <laughs> week. So we'll we'll see. But uh, we'll definitely be on the feed later this week uh, with a mock draft sounding like it's going to be with Memphis and Jerry. Which I mean, oh, the woo! man power. Yeah. So looking forward to that. It's it's a rare, it's like a freaking eclipse anytime I'm on a show with Jerry. So uh he's a hard man to pin down, but uh I'm sure he gets that all the time. So <laughs> uh and I was listening back to your episode with Memphis, and one of you guys did I think it was Memphis said something about like it's kind of like the end of dynasty season. I thought about it. I was like, I guess it kind of is. Like now I'm sort of locking into a redraft mindset. Is there like a specific turning point you think in the calendar where it's like, I mean, you never really fully shut it off, right? You're always kind of messing around with your dynasty teams. They don't go anywhere during the regular season. But is there some point in the uh, calendar year where you flip it over and you're like, all right, I want my 2021 guys. I'm not afraid to draft 30 year olds anymore. Let's roll. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, generally my focus, uh, it's around this time, usually July, like after July 4th is the real kickoff generally for me. Like I'm usually you know, looking at seasonal stuff a little bit through June, but then in July, it's like, all right, my focus is here. And it doesn't mean there won't be more startups or other dynasty related uh, happenings. But I think Memphis's point for sure is, and I keep it now in the back of my mind is like, if you didn't make a major move two months ago, why are you making it now? Like what has changed? Like, yep. you know, we've had a lot of, we had a lot of things happen earlier this year. You have always have free agency and cuts and the draft and moving in there and picking what direction you want to aim. But if you, you know, if you weren't a contender, you know, two months ago after going through all that, why are you a contender now? Why would you be making major moves? Um, so it doesn't mean you can't uh, be on the lookout, try to take advantage of somebody else, um, you know, not knowing the value of players here in the middle of the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's definitely one of those things where it's just like, hey, you kind of made your bed, um, hopefully you did it with purpose. And now you kind of just wait it out a bit and see because. Once the season starts rolling, that'll be the true tell on whether you're competing this year or not. You have any crazy redraft leagues that you get into every year that draft like, I don't know, around this time of year or in July, like something. I don't know. I I, I would call this absurdly early. Uh, It's still a super scary time. A lot of unknown in the NFL. But do you have any leagues like that? Are you predominantly are they all kind of wait until what is that Labor Day weekend right before the right before kickoff? Yeah, generally, I I mean, I'm trying to think of how many leagues I'm even in that are redraft that I don't run myself. And I would never let a league draft before mid-August. So <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I generally am trying to wait as long as possible. I got some leagues where, <laughs> got some leagues where, uh, you know, we we definitely stress like, hey, we want to all get together. So those make it a little bit harder. Some We've had years where it's like, hey, we'll have to do it like early August. Um, but for redraft, man, I, I try to get as much information as possible. I guess there's only three preseason games this year. So that'll kind of change it up just a bit, but the season still starts at the same time. So yeah, the sweet spot is generally the weekend before Labor Day, you know, and uh, get all those teams set. And if, you know, maybe even the week of, you know, uh, right before kickoff, but try to squeeze every last one we can. And uh, we'll see how many we end up with this year. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to have way too much fun when the calendar turns into August and I'm sitting here with Kyle August. You're going to get so sick of me. It's going to be like (laughs) me listening to, jake from state farm jokes for the past <laughs> decade you're yeah gonna pay, you're gonna have to pay for like a month and just feel a little bit of my pain 
I can't even imagine because that because honestly, like I I don't even know if I've ever even said that to you, but I have another good friend named Jake as well. And every time I say his name or think about him, freaking State Farm is just drilled in my head. And I'm like, those bastards. <laughs> like, I don't want that to be what I think about. But unfortunately, those are the cards you were dealt, my friend. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll keep those. We'll leave that to the television. But uh, yeah, I don't envy you. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll stick with Jake. <laughs> Yeah, such a, such a bad Stewie impression. Let's <laughs> keep it rolling on today's show, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna uh, talk about how we approach the quarterback position in uh, in both one quarterback and two quarterback super flex formats. Uh, before we get into all that good stuff, again, we're gonna take advantage of any sort of news or any any sort of blurbs we can get out of minicamp. Any updates that we're graced with here uh, at the end of June. Uh, but this one stood out to me, and maybe it's just, I don't know if confirmation bias is the right word, but it, I, I definitely like what I'm hearing here. Uh, ESPN's Nick Wagner believes that Trey Sermon, quote, looks poised to make an impact as a rookie. Now, again, Kyle, we always take these headlines with a grain of salt, right, when they're coming from a, a reporter. You and I talked about that a week or two ago. Uh, but if anything, the, the headline does make me kind of like direct my attention and, and focus a little bit on that San Francisco backfield situation and what it might look like this season because they've been sort of off my radar, but it's a team and an offense that runs the ball a ton. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Jeff Wilson, I don't know what the exact injury is. He's some sort of knee injury, but he's out four to six months or something, right? He's not even, he's not going to be a factor. You know what it is with his knee? I don't remember the exact injury, but I know that he's pretty, he, he's definitely starting on the pup. And I would be surprised if he makes much of an impact this year at all. And that, and that's originally was when Sermon went there. I was like, Hey, all aboard for dynasty. You know, these guys like Wilson, I believe is on an expiring contract. Mostert is for sure. He's a little bit older as well. While he kind of came on late, like he's still up there. He's 29. I believe they signed uh, Wayne Gallman, you know, this offseason season, for him. But like when, when he, when Sermon landed where he did draft capital wise for running back, I thought was solid. The landing spots. Great. Always good, no matter what running backs back there. I was like, oh, this is going to be great for Dynasty, but I'm not buying it for 2021. But after Wilson went down, I just like just one less body for him to jump. And you know, as much as I do like Raheem Mostert, and he's probably going to be at a decent value, um, I'm treating this situation. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's like there's, there's such. A, it seems like there's such a clear path to playing time. It's those mm -hmm. kind of things that you know. It's, it's what you know. What's had my mind around Michael Carter for the past couple months? It's like, oh, he's going to be one of those. Uh, buried running back values. Who's going to end up getting all this volume and maybe Trey Sermon's that guy in San Francisco. Yeah, I think he could be. And the best part is his price while it could go up as we get more hype pieces like this. I think it's going to be very, very reasonable. When you look at the Denver Broncos backfield as a, as a, like in a comparison, you're going to have to spend a decent pick on either one of those guys, right? Most are, it's going to be a mid round pick. And I think that's, you know, I think that's perfectly fine. If he's taken anywhere from, you know, 24th to 30th among running backs. That's, that's great. Smash that. I'm, I'm good to go. Um, but if you can get sermon then in, you know, rounds nine plus, I think that's, that's phenomenal. I think, you know, like I said, in comparison with the Denver, both those guys are going to go in the first six rounds. Um, and that's just a mess versus with uh, San Francisco. I think you can take both those guys. They're going to have their moments. Um, but I think sermon, you know, with most of its injury history, um, is gonna he's gonna find the field for sure. Any running back, I think, is is gonna is a candidate to find the field at any point due to injuries. But I think, especially in San Fran, they've used multiple guys in the past, and this is a great offense to have a piece of that backfield. So Sermon's gonna be a guy I look to target as as far as these 
uh, more like under the radar, I guess, rookie running backs, you know, not the Najee or even Michael Carter. Like I think he's going to be even a little bit deeper in ADP. Yeah, I think I saw something came out like a, a testament to Trey Sermon's pass catching. I hope I'm not getting him mixed up with someone else, but I, I swear something about that came out in minicamp. But that stands out to me because, I mean, I mean, I'm not to shit on Raheem Mostert because he's been like he's been awesome, right? In the context of the San Francisco offense and Kyle Shanahan's system, but then it's all now that question looms around in your head, like how much of that is just because it's the Kyle Shanahan system? Like Raheem Mostert, he's he's just he's not a special talent to me. Like he right. he, he was he didn't have a fantasy relevant season until he was 27 years old. Like you say, he's 29 now. Um. I'm not going to pretend to understand the X's and O's that allow these run the running backs to excel in this offense, but Shanahan's got the track record. Devonta Freeman, Mostert, even a, you know a, a nobody like Jeff Wilson. Sorry, Jeff, if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> get better soon. Uh, but you know he's had monster games in that offense. So, like mm-hmm. you said, it just seems like with with him out of there, there's one less body to jump. Um, I think if Sermon sees the field, that's all he needs is the opportunity. And then the town's going to take him the rest of the way. I think that he's, you know, and, and, and again, I'm not a tape grinder or anything. I can't like go back to all these great, you know, I can't reference all his play at Ohio state or anything, but uh, you know, if it's him versus Raheem Mostert, man, I like his odds coming in as the, the hot young talent here, you know, and I hope I'm not reading too much into that narrative, but, um, I, I think there's real chance here for Trey Sermon to pop, especially if Trey Lance gets in there and he's something and he can keep that offense moving the chains, then Trey Sermon can be a sneaky pick, I think, at the end of drafts. Yeah, and I think the and the way what you want to leverage would not, you know, and I'm not either. Like I don't I'm not watching these guys coming out or whatever. I don't have time for that. Not most people don't. Um, <laughs> but like look at the draft capital they spent on him. That'll tell you what they think of Trey Sermon, that they valued him enough to spend that pick to get him on their team. Knowing that, you know, at the time, you know, they had two veteran guys they trusted last year, brought in Wayne Gallman in free agency. It wasn't necessarily a dire need for them. They've they've found guys before, but for them to spend the draft capital on him, if, if he stays in the double digit rounds, I'm loving his redraft value even heading into 2021. You know, he's not you're you're not paying that Javante Williams price tag for a guy, you know, to to go, you know, to you know, to fall into a great situation. I think I think Sermon's a guy that fantasy owners should be targeting and definitely worth a flyer even in round even in round nine i would say i don't know where his adp is off the i'll see if i can look that up real quick as we're on here but definitely an intriguing guy yeah um and i'm not a big fan of like doubling up on running backs like if we were gonna do uh javante williams melvin gordon that's a bad example because that wouldn't be the worst pair to have on your team but uh, Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon, like you said, their ADPs are going to be kind of buried. So that would that wouldn't be a bad one-two punch, I think, to have on your team. Not as like a prime your primary top two running backs, but you know you have both those guys on your bench, and you know, God forbid, you know something happens to Raheem Mostert early in the season, you've got you, you got yourself a potential league winner in Trey Sermon, or maybe vice versa if Trey Sermon isn't what I think that he might be, and Raheem Mostert just goes ballistic like we've seen him do before. Uh, you know, you get a great value in him either way. Just both of them scream value to me. Yeah, right now, and just for reference, and we'll see how this shakes out as we get closer and closer, but redraft ADP right now over at Sleeper. Mostert's going around. He's uh, at uh, his ADP is 69th overall. Nice. Javante Williams is right after that at 75 overall, but then Sermon is at 111 overall. So, I mean, that's a pretty big gap when you're talking about Williams and Sermon. I know Williams carries a little bit more draft capital, maybe 
maybe a clearer path to playing time, but I would argue maybe not. You know, like I, I think I'll take Sermon 30 picks later than, you know, spending on Williams and maybe needing to wait on that to come around. Not that Williams' value is bad, because I do think that's where he's going is where he should go. But, but man, that's, I, I think Sermon, though, will be a guy that kind of creeps up a bit. Right now, he's going behind Kenyon Drake, both the Cardinals guys right now, Ronald Jones, Michael Carter. He's he's right. He, Damian Harris is going one spot ahead of him. Like I think there's a few names that he could jump when we get to draft season. All right, that's enough running back talk for this show. <laughs> I told you we were going to talk quarterbacks, and I meant it. But we're going to stick with some some news here. I thought this one was a little juicy. ESPN's Cameron Wolf reporting: the Dolphins are prioritizing downfield passing aggressiveness in off-season practices. I read that in my first thought, like, uh, you think they're going to prioritize downfield passive, you know, passing aggressiveness, not passive aggressiveness, passing aggressiveness. Uh, they went out, they signed Will Fuller. They drafted Jalen Waddle with a sixth overall pick in the draft. If they don't plan on pushing the ball down the field, then I, I have some serious questions for whoever is pulling the strings in that organization. <laughs> Because uh, their off other offseason moves would uh, seem very sketchy at that point, but but regardless, man, I'm getting really excited about Tua Tungvaloa this season. He's another one of those guys that I feel like no one wants to give him any respect. Like he came out and was fine, right? Like he didn't he didn't he he didn't completely implode on the field, but he wasn't putting up incredible Justin Herbert numbers. He kind of just flew under the radar after all this, all this hype. You know, people were debating the best quarterback in that class. Is it Joe Burrow or is it? Tua Tungavailoa. So when Joe Burrow goes out there, does his thing, and then Tua's kind of so-so, uh, I, I don't know. I guess that buries his ADP. But the guy had no weapons. He was uh, he got a late start to the season. And I don't, he's, I don't know. I think that all changes this year. He comes into it fully prepared. He has two crazy downfield threats. And I'm not going to act like Devontae Parker isn't nothing. It's just he's, it's not the best situation to have Devontae Parker as your primary number only one i won't even yeah, not the number one the only one in that offense uh you know tack on gasecki there and I, you know it looks good in miami what do you think about that offense as a whole and, and tua tunga because i had tua as my qb 21 in our old rankings I actually went back and updated those before our show and i bumped them up to qb 17 i think i'm a little more comfortable with there yeah i mean i like Tua as a you know a very cheap attainable option even in super flex leagues i think he's going to be somebody that again yeah people are down on after one season of having no weapons and a lot you know a lot of other factors going on uh in his you know that led to you know what we saw from him last year now with fitzpatrick not in miami anymore i think that safety net's gone i think it's going to be to his team he's going to be given the shot to sink or swim and like you said they've spent a lot of their they're off season adding weapons around him, which you love to see, you know, that was kind of the reason that, you know, it was so frustrating waiting on Sam Darnold. And, you know, for that brief moment that we all thought Dwayne Haskins might be even fantasy relevant at any time, like those teams did nothing. They literally were like, you know what, we'll even get rid of some players so that you have even less to, you know, to build around. Um, they've, they've loaded this offense up and, I don't know why. I keep forgetting that Will Fuller's on this team. I don't know yeah. why. He's suspended one game. That's it. And he has shown to be, you know, a valuable weapon when he's on the field. I mean, he was and, one of the best receivers in fantasy football for like a stint last or like a, a reasonable stint last year, right? Yeah. And it was definitely and those were numbers that, you know, it it's still tr- it's still tough for me to trust any of these guys for fantasy in the Miami offense as far as the receivers go. But 
that, you know, put together, I think it could help two out quite a bit. So I have him right now as my QB 26. I have him by, behind some names that I'm not going to be surprised if he jumps. It's just, I think as far as the upside goes, I don't think he has, you know, from what I've seen, I, I don't think he has that top 12 upside, but I do think he can be a top 24 guy. Somebody that is a, uh, turns into an every week starter, but the best part, like I said, is that you don't have to draft him as that. Um, you can take him as, you know, your third QB in a super flex. I think he's going to be available in that range. And he, there's some upside there because there's a little bit of just unknown. Man, I, I before we before the show, I thought about downloading a booing sound effect. <laughs> I was inspired. Memphis had his his sound effect board was off the charts at yeah. the, on the last episode. I'm sitting here with just an applause and one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to work on that. We got to we got to get things tuned up here for the season. I, but I wanted to boo you so hard right there. Q, what'd you say? QB 26. Get out of here, man. 26, you know, man. Just on, on playmakers alone, this guy's going to chuck the ball down the field. And, you know, he, he might be having a so-so game. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, boom, 70 more passing yards and a touchdown. Thank you, Will Fuller. The same thing yeah. on the next drive from Jalen Waddle. We'll, we'll see. My, my biggest concern, I guess, with Tua is not as much like that he can't take the next step. Is that how much does how much do they need him to take that next step? Like I think he can be much more efficient, have a you know, and put together great NFL games, and they can leverage the fact that that defense is solid. They've, I mean, two years ago that that offseason, my God, they couldn't have spent more money on that defense, and it it showed. I mean, they have a really really good all around team. They're going to be a contender. I don't think that they're going to be like you know some of these other squads that are going to need their quarterback to go out and win them games. So um, that's that's just the only hesitation I really have with Tua right now. If they he if he had a worse defense, then he'd probably be further up in my in my ranks to be honest. Okay, Kyle, here's the big one: Aaron Rodgers could save eighteen point three million in unearned signing bonus money and roster bonus money if he opts out of the twenty twenty one season by July second. This is that that's an interesting development in the uh Aaron Rodgers 2021 offseason story, the offseason saga. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you think are the odds that that actually happens and that he tells them he's not going to play? Uh 0.0 is that 0.0? Yeah. yeah. I he's even like 0.5. No. I I think that well I mean obviously we'll see how this plays out, but the longer it goes, I just think that it's there's just it's less and less of a chance that he's somewhere else or that he sits out. I mean, he'll, he'll be there. They'll figure it out. He won't be happy. About it. I, I feel like that relationship has to just be like deteriorating. Oh, from, 100% from whatever's still remaining. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I felt this way. I, and I referenced this way too much and it's a, a little bit irrelevant, but the whole Avion bell thing, like mm-hmm. I remember like going through that whole process in super denial. I was just like, he's going to play. Why wouldn't he play? You know, it just, it didn't make any sense. Um, and I can't make any sense of this Aaron Rodgers character. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I can't get a read on him, man. I never could. Uh, I always thought he was kind of a, a little bit of a weirdo. And then recently he's, he's kind of grown on me. I watched the jeopardy thing and I thought he was kind of funny. I'm like, all right, this guy's got a sense of humor. I can get behind him. Yeah, uh, but so you, it's, it's, you're saying you're not buying it one freaking. I, bit. I think if he, yeah, I I think that it's like I said, the further and further it goes, the less likely he's going to end up somewhere else. The dude's what 38, like you know, time's a ticking, bro. And this is a good team. Like this is a really good Packers squad. Like it's I don't, not, I'd argue he could go win a Super Bowl this year with Denver. That he, nah, 
I don't know about that. I think he can win a Super Bowl in Green Bay. He can just stay there, you know, like the so I, I think things will eventually get worked out there. Am I am I you know putting money on it? Probably not, but because why would I if I don't have to, why would I? But uh no, man, I, I'm treating Rodgers right now like he's just gonna be there. They will be pissed off at each other all year. They've probably been that way for two years and he's got it done. You know, he's just you know, it whatever. And I think he'll just show that man, he's still you know, he's a damn good quarterback and then, you know, that'll be that. So I, I think this is probably the last year in Green Bay, but I, I think he's still there. Such a dysfunctional relationship. Uh, I, I'm curious, though, even though, uh, you know, I want to see you at least entertain the hypothetical. Uh, what would you do with Jordan Love? If he's the guy this year, I don't even know if, I mean, I guess he's been getting the reps in practice with the with the first team, but uh, where would Jordan Love fall in your rankings? Like dead 32 33 <laughs> uh 30 probably i guess he's in that he's in that san fran denver mess new england like i don't i don't care i don't want him he can hit that's great but like and, and that can, being, and that being said Devonte adams would also plummet yeah adams would probably end up off the top of my head wide receiver two range, like probably high end wide receiver two. Still, he's a, he's a monster. You meant like the wide receiver. Oh, two. no, no, no. Wow, 13, man. 13 to 15 ish. I don't know. Like wide receiver two, you buried would, him. Jo- would love. I just, I, you know, you haven't seen him at all. And so I think, and in the limited times we have seen this, the Packers team without Rogers, my God, like this offense needs him. Like th- when I say this is a good team, this is a, this is a really, this is a good defense and it's an offense that is, awesome with Aaron Rodgers. This is not a team where you can just plug somebody in and off they go. You know, this, this is a team that needs to leverage Aaron Rodgers, And that's why, that's why I think this will eventually work out because they'll do something to make Aaron happy enough because what else are you going to do? You can't win with Jordan love. I mean, I I think if Jordan Love is the quarterback, the divisions in play, you know, for Minnesota, the divisions in play for Chicago, um, you know, right, right out the gate. So you, you, you need a, you need Rodgers there. All right, that's all I got for for news. That's probably going to be it for news until until training camp gets <laughs> really kicking here. But uh, yeah, let's get into some quarterback draft strategy. Uh, we've talked plenty of times on this show, so I, I know that uh, you know if, if we're talking one quarterback leagues, you're waiting until the end of the draft to pick your guy. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I'll I'll probably just restate it again for you and the listeners because I'll probably just <laughs> cut out that middle part. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's definitely wait. I know that it's, the names are intriguing when you're sitting there, even around seven and eight. You're like, oh man, you know Aaron Rodgers still here, or Justin Herbert's still here. Like you're not what you have to give up at another position. It's not worth the trade off because the thing to remember is when you're sitting there late in the draft, if you're like, oh, I need to add another receiver, running back here, the names are just horrible. But when you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, I can just pick up. Joe Burrow with my last pick or Ben Roethlisberger or Kirk Cousins. While those guys aren't as sexy as some of the other names that are there, the value that you're going to get at other positions in those middle rounds is not worth giving up. So in one QB QB leagues, especially I'm not taking any quarterback in the first nine rounds. I mean, if, if that uh, I generally try to wait till one of my later picks, try to get a feel for the room. You know, if, if it's me and a couple other guys uh, that, are doing this strategy, then I'm watching that draft board, man. Try to see like, Hey, okay. None of them are behind me on this turn. I can pass on QB one more time and catch it before it gets back to those guys. Or obviously the flip, you know, if you're sitting there and there's two guys behind you that haven't taken a quarterback yet, and there's just one you really, really like in round 
11 or 12, I don't have any problem, you know, just reaching in a sense to just go get those guys. So um, quarterback is definitely a position where I'm waiting and I'm also monitoring the rest of my draft, my draft mates to see who else has a QB and who, who needs one. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly when you're like, I, I you got to read the room. And it was actually a note here. I made to myself like, in one quarterback leagues, I'm waiting on quarterback 100% of the time, if I'm being per- perfectly honest with you. Like, there's, I can't even think of a scenario where I would reach out there. Like, the value could never be good enough for, like, for a quarterback to slip. Like, I, you know, I'm looking at Mahomes. If, you know, Patrick Mahomes is available in the 10th round. I know this is a crazy scenario <laughs> I'm throwing out there. But that just means that Dak Prescott's available in the 11th round. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Excuse me. You have to edit that one out too. Uh, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> but, but with, as far as reading the room, uh, like when when you're playing with more, I've noticed, at least what I've noticed is when you're playing with more experienced guys or like industry guys, uh, they tend to want to wipe out the quarterback population by the first like two to three rounds. Uh, like the first draft that I did, I still remember it was a, actually it might have been my first dynasty league draft, um, a super flex draft. I went into it. I think I had the first pick and I was like, okay, can't screw it up. Christian McCaffrey got it. And then after that, the tsunami wave of quarterbacks that went just ripping off the, every single quarterback for like the whole way snake back to me. And you know, my draft strategy, even back then is kind of like, okay, well then all you're going to take the quarterbacks. I'm going to take advantage of those, those skill players that you're missing out on. Take a couple skill players. By the time it gets back to me, there's no one left. Uh, you know, this would have been, I'm trying to think if this was last year or two years ago, but I two two years ago, I got Jameis Winston and Drew Brees were my quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you see how that played out, obviously. Uh, at, at the same time, though, if you're not playing with more experience or industry guys, or it doesn't even matter, I guess, like how long you've been playing or skill level. It's just you know kind of a tendency thing. But I'll play in leagues where just a few quarterbacks will go in the first round, even if I'm playing in a two-quarterback or super flex league. Um, you know, it'll just be running back, running back, running back, and then a few quarterbacks sprinkled in. And then in those leagues, I'm much more willing to take uh, more of that one quarterback league approach and try to capitalize on some of that late round quarterback value that is to be had at the end of the draft. Um, I'm curious, Kyle, another note I made here. I'm, I'm wondering how much more you would prioritize the position in a six points per passing touchdown league and I'll make that a two-part question. You play in any of those leagues? Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I mean, the obviously one thing that I do every single before every single draft because there's just I mean too many damn leagues. I can't keep rules straight. One good, thing you should always do, <laughs> always do before every single draft, take a look at the rules. You know, just double check, make sure there's nothing quirky in there. As far as if it's four point or six point, I don't really care. Um, you know, I. I'll kind of give a boost to the statue type quarterbacks like Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger and redraft leagues like, you know, Matthew Stafford, like those guys, you know, if it's four points per passing touchdown, but the, you know, so uh, then rushing is even more valuable, you know, then I'm definitely going to look for those rushing quarterbacks. If I can, if I can get one, if it's six point, you know, and they're all, it's all the same, you know, then I'm, I'm not uh, opposed to taking some of the guys that aren't going to give me much rushing production. It's going to balance out a little bit more because they're going to have more passing touchdowns. So that's really the only thing. It doesn't really change my strategy, though, when you compare the quarterback to other positions. Um, If it's super flex, you know, I'm obviously going to value quarterbacks more um, overall. So, yeah, maybe I give a little bit of an extra edge to the QB 
in that slot versus, you know, I almost downgrade him in four point per passing touchdown. I feel like just because I feel like I can find guys late, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I I note it just, you know, ahead of time to see if that's man, I'm on the fence about, you know, you know, whether it's two quarterbacks, you know, that that, uh, I like, you know, Hey, it's six point here. So maybe I'm going to lean towards Stafford over, you know, Hertz, you know, in, in this scenario versus in a four point, maybe I do lean Hertz just shooting for the upside there or whatever. So, I, I pretty much just make a mental note, and if I'm looking for a tiebreaker, I'll use that. This isn't a trick question or anything. I'm I'm just genuinely curious. Would you put Pat Mahomes in his own tier at quarterback? Yeah, I do, just because as much as I like Josh Allen, what he did last year, and I love Dak Prescott, obviously, and Murray has some extreme upside with that rushing if he continues what he did that first, whatever, 10 games. I think like there's still you know, there's still a little bit of, you know, is this guy for sure the QB two, right? Versus I think Mahomes is like, he is locked in. He is going to be a top three quarterback, no matter what. Um, there's just no other outcome. I think for him other outside of him, just have, you know, getting injured, um, which could happen to anybody. So, you know, he has two elite weapons. He has the best coach in the NFL and he's the most talented quarterback in the league. There's, you don't have to overthink it. He's QB one. So yeah. And super flex, especially like when I'm actually caring about those quarterback tiers. Yeah. He is in his own tier and he's a guy that, you know, if he, he's there in the first round, I'm taking him, you know, he's, you know, he's for sure. Uh, the QB one. Yeah. I definitely won't argue him being the QB one, but when I, when I was kind of like thinking this question up in my head, I'm like, I don't know how I would exactly like when I set up tier breaks, it's almost like where, Mm, doing a poor job of explaining this. Um, I, I guess here, let me try to take a different route here. Uh, I feel like any one of the first 12 or 13 quarterbacks in current ADP, like in, you look up uh, current fantasy pros ADP, could legitimately finish as the QB1 this season. Now, obviously, like you said, Mahomes, he has that floor where he's, as long as he's healthy, he's finishing in the top three and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we're talking about the guys who could finish as the best quarterback in fantasy football this season, why not Dak Prescott? Why not uh, Justin Herbert? Why not Ryan Tannehill? You know, what's what's stopping Ryan Tannehill from being the QB one in fantasy football? That's going to yeah. sound outrageous, but here's Ryan Tannehill with Julio Jones and AJ Brown locked and loaded in this offense, uh, and you know, defense is not able to. Uh, you you got to pay attention to the big man in the backfield. I'm not going to go crazy here and go on a, 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 a Tennessee Titans tangent, but that's my point. Like, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to just say like Mahomes is here because then I feel like now uh, there almost is like an obligation to reach for him a little earlier. Like, cause there's that tier break right there. It's like when you have Travis Kelsey in his own tier, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes it justifiable to take Travis Kelsey at the, uh, at the end of the first round. I yeah. feel like I'm not relaying this exactly how I wanted to, but uh, no, I, I think I, and I get what you're saying. And I guess from my, from my standpoint, when I'm in a one QB league, it's like my first tier is I'm not paying the price tier. And it's just literally a big chunk of eight to 10 guys where I'm just like, not going to own them. Just awesome. won't own them. Like, you know, can't do it. So uh, not, not going to pay the price that there someone else is willing to go for. At least one other person in my league is going to reach for Justin Herbert or reach for Aaron Rodgers. I will sit back and, and let that play out. And Superflex is really where it becomes more relevant. You know, then I start really paying attention to how far apart are these guys in my rankings? You know, 
um, you know, what is their value? Who's close? So yeah, I can, I, I see that. I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, if you can, if, if you're not going to go QB QB in a super flex league and like, you know, those guys are sitting there for you and you know, like, Hey, I can pass on Mahomes and get Prescott or Murray in round two, then yeah. I mean, that, that totally makes sense. So that probably does that maybe that in <laughs> maybe that, uh, maybe that reverses my prior, uh, my prior <laughs> comment, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just his floor is super safe. And it's really just super flex things, and I'm really caring about that. In in one QB, it's more like, yeah, just chop these guys off the top, yeah. and then I kind of break it into, you know, guys that I'm if they're there, you know, in the early double digits, I'll take them. Otherwise, guys I'm taking super late or the break glass, you know, guys that I'm like, hey, I'll start my season with these, um, these few guys. So um, that's pretty much it because you can always you can always find quarterbacks on the wire in one QB leagues. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to talk about some of those guys that are going to be available in like the mid to later rounds. Like like you said, if we're going to have this whole enormous first tier of guys that we're just totally writing off because we're not going to be able to afford it or we're taking skill position players instead, whatever. Um, I, I want to know, like, where's that line of like in a super flex league specifically? Like, OK, here is where I'm if I, if I don't take this player, I'm no longer comfortable with my QB one. And before I give you a chance to answer, I'll let you know that guy for me is Matthew Stafford. I moved him up in my rankings. I actually I might have here where I had him originally. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, you know what? I bumped him up just one spot. I thought it'd be a little more dramatic than that. He was my <laughs> he was my QB twelve, and I moved him all the way up to QB eleven. Um, you know what, man? He's just he's he's sturdy. He's reliable. He's Matthew Stafford. He played sixteen games in all but two seasons throughout. 11 years in the league, um, at least 4,000 passing yards in all but one healthy season, 4,000 yards as recently as last year. I, w- you know, I wouldn't exactly say that people are fading Matt Stafford right now, but it seems like it's been like it's been so long now. When did that Jared Goff trade even happen? You know, it's, <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt Stafford, it, we, you know, we're thirsty for news now. This trade in, and Matthew Stafford in general it just doesn't seem to be on anyone's radar. Meanwhile, I feel like the dude's a realistic candidate for like, I mean, why couldn't he throw for 5,000 yards this year with the the receiving upgrade he's going to get and his track record of consistently throwing for 4,000 yards. And hey, I don't know if you heard, but Sean McVay said this guy is a bad MFer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you on Stafford. I think he's just people are getting just, I don't know if tired, whatever, like they just kind of, they don't, they just kind of drift over him, right? Even with a new squad. That might give him a slight bump. He's right now in sleeper ADP, QB 14 as of last week. Mm-hmm. That Now that includes the Sean Watson. So like you almost have to keep an eye on that because that's its own deal. And I don't even know if that's worth talking about today. But um, with Stafford, yeah, he's he's definitely there. I, I would say my the line for me, and maybe I cheat here, there's nine, yeah. quarter, there's nine quarterbacks I really like, but there's 15 that I'm okay with as my QB one. And that's really what you got to do, especially in super flex leagues, like where's the line? Where do I want to make sure that I have one of these guys? Now, the two names that I'm sure we'll talk about a crap ton as we get closer and closer to the draft season are Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, these are guys that have rushing upside Hurts maybe more than Jones, but these are guys that kind of give you that little extra edge. Like for me, after those guys, it's Stafford, Brady, Burrow. You know, those are guys that are just not going to run a ton. You know, so, but I, I think are all safer than Hurts and Jones just might not have the upside. Um, but for me, that line is called the Kirk Cousins line. Every year, I always feel like Kirk Cousins is your, should be your baseline quarterback. If you have him as your QB1, you should be fine. You should have enough other pieces around him because you didn't have to pay the price 
yeah. even in super flex leagues to go get him. He's uh, you know, he put up great numbers last year, supported two wide receiver ones, you know, has solid weapon. He has both those guys back this, this season as well. The defense struggled last year for the first time in a while. I, they made some adjustments. I expect them to be a little bit better, but not nearly what they were in, you know, in the heyday of the Vikings. So I think Kirk Cousins is kind of like that cutoff guy for me right now. There's a few players that dropped below him that I had ahead of him, um, like pre-free agency, pre-draft, <clears throat> Matt Ryan, uh, that like I just don't trust as much anymore as my QB1. You know, So for me, there's 15 guys, and it's, the caboose is Kirk Cousins. Speaking, uh, going back to you were talking about Daniel Jones. I see he is QB twenty five in fantasy pros ADP. I don't I imagine it's somewhere close uh, with sleeper. Uh, but last time, and I don't know if it was last time we were talking about. Holy crap, dude! The, oh wait, that's that's McCorkle Jones as uh, Memphis calls him. So sorry, I freaked out for a minute. He's twenty. Daniel Jones is QB twenty six um, in sleeper ADP right now. That's insanity. We, like. <laughs> yeah, that is insanity. You won't hear me argue that. And we were both totally in sync. Hey, hey. <laughs> we, uh, is that in sync? I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, that's, that's definitely in sync. I had to channel my inner uh, channel my inner boy band. But anyways, we were totally in sync on Danny Dimes when we did our original rankings. Like we were both surprised to see how high each other had them. Uh, at QB 11. Now, I have since weakened my my stance on Daniel Jones, not for any specific reason, not because of anything I saw in minicamp that like scares me. Um, I just think I was a little too, uh, a little too, uh, in, I don't know, I, I had a little too much faith in Daniel Jones. Are you sticking hard with that QB 11? Like, you still feel good about that? Because I, I, I dropped him to QB 15, and that feels a lot more comfortable to me. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like I I look at those two guys, both Hurts and Jones, and I'm like, you gotta look at I, who's you gotta look at who's behind them, and it's like, man, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like, man, if, if I draft Tom Brady, like that's probably a safer pick. It is a safer pick. Yeah. And uh, as I noted on Twitter earlier today, at Kyle Monday, really propping up the Twitter game here, Brady starts the season at home against Dallas, and then at home against the Falcons. What yeah. the dude, the dude might have 15 freaking touchdowns after That'll two weeks. Do. It's going to be freaking disgusting. Um, but anyway, um, the thing with, you know, with him, I just feel like, is he going to win my league for me? I don't, I don't really think so. Like, I think Jalen Hurts could, um, as far as like where yeah. you have to get him, could, where he could finish. I don't think he's going to be a the QB one, but he could be a top five quarterback based off of just the rushing. Right. And it, it just, those are the guys that are really tough. Like, do I like Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones from NFL perspective? Hell no. I think these guys are pretty much trash, but they run the ball a decent amount and they should be good enough in Daniel Jones' uh, story to, you know, as far as to get enough in the passing game that five, 600 rushing yards, which could be in play with the extra game too, um, for Daniel Jones, that's that's a difference maker. That's more, that's six, that's 600, 500, 600 more yards again than Tom Brady's going to have on the ground. Yeah. You know, he doesn't run. So I don't need me to tell you that. So, but uh, yeah, if Daniel Jones is literally going to be taken outside the top 24, I'm probably gonna end up with a lot of Daniel Jones because he'll just be the guy that I'm just sitting there and sitting there and he's just sitting, he's just waiting for someone to take him. And that'll be me. I'm, I'm sure as heck going to take him over some of the guys that are going behind him. Baker Mayfield, um, Zach Wilson, Tua. Uh, I mean, what the hell are we doing here? Like I'll, I'll take over Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it just, 
So uh, the good thing is, I guess, is that he will be available. I wasn't sure if he was going to be there. Like Hertz is probably not going to be a guy that I get on many teams, even though I haven't ranked high because ADP is going to be, he's going right now in the eighth round uh, and sleeper ADP. I'm not taking Jalen Hurts, but I'll end up with Daniel Jones and I'll be, I'll be fine with that. And if he sucks early in the season, that's the great thing about quarterbacks. Just dump them and find somebody else. Just stream away. A couple guys I think that will be uh, readily available as streamers. A couple more guys that I like is like late round. You know, I'm not trusting this in one quarterback leagues by any means. But here, here, you know, are you totally upset if Ryan Fitzpatrick is your QB two in a super flex league? I feel like it's going to be hard for him to not succeed with the playmakers he's going to have around him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We have he, he's got a bit of a track record now. He seems. I mean, I feel like he's just never going to die. Fitzmagic's going to be forever. Somehow he's still starting in the league. Like screw hanging around and like holding a clipboard. The dude's starting. Uh, but you know, I'm hearing nothing but good things about Antonio Gibson this season. They got Curtis Samuel, uh, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. What do you think, man? If if you know if. If you waited and you've got, I don't know who could, you know, if you got Stafford was your QB one and then you fell back on Ryan Fitzpatrick as your second one, what do you think? So the, the, the only hesitation I have with Fitzpatrick is this was a team that felt comfortable enough cutting bait with, uh, with strip club Haskins, right? Which is fine. It wasn't their goal. There wasn't, it wasn't their guy. Prior regime brought him in. Those are red flags, right? Whenever you're looking at a guy and, how the team's going to treat him. They still, I think this is a team that knows they can rely on their defense. They have sunk a ton of resources in that defense over the year. They got like freaking 17 first rounders on the D line or whatever the hell the actual number is. I think that there could, the only thing I haven't heard too many people talking about is how long is the leash? Like, you know, it's all good when your team sucks and you're not really looking to contend. Just let Fitzmagic go out there and, you know, hit, hit, hit a spark once in a while. And that's great. But I think there's also the idea of like, can we just put Kyle Allen in here and just weather the storm? You know, so yeah, you're right. Cause all of a sudden this Washington team, like they're kind of ready to win. Like it feels weird to say it. Cause yeah. a couple years ago, they were just you know like the, the loser in the biggest sense of the word. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't winning any games, but they've got a beast of a defense mm-hmm. playmakers all around and a solid game manager and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. They, what, what were they like? They they finished like five hundred or something like. They that. won a division last year. I forgot. Wow. I mean, it's wide open. So I I think that if he gets a little too crazy and he's giving up games through turning the ball over, I think there's a, there's a possibility that they pull the leash on him. So as far as if he's my QB two, I'm fine with that. But that goes to pretty much my biggest super flex strategy is it, it pretty much boils down to this. Keep it simple in a super flex league. If you go two quarterbacks early, I always want my third. But you can wait, wait, wait. If you go. If you wait, if you're waiting on your quarterbacks, if you're like the last team to get your second, I want I, then I want to be the first team to get my third, right? So Fitzpatrick for me is inside my top 24. He's a I'm fine with him as my QB two. I haven't ranked at 23 overall amongst quarterbacks, but then I want one of those other guys that's you know 24 through 28. Like I, I don't want to be sitting there with like my third quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater, right? I'll take Tua or Goff or you know, Derek Carr, you know, those are guys that I have ranked behind Fitzpatrick and I want to pair him with somebody else just so that I can make sure that I have a safety blanket there. Uh, Fitzmagic is definitely like the line it, it, where I would mention like Kirk Cousins line where it's like, Hey, these are the guys I'm counting as my QB two. 
as my QB one, sorry, is that you almost have to draw a line again. Like, Hey, where does the QB two drop off happen where I'm now I'm prioritizing my third quarterback. Um, and Fitzmagic is, he's under that line for me. And there's not very many guys that, uh, after cousins that I'm not going too far down the list here, but like I have Winston Fields, Fitzmagic, Carr, Goff. Like there's five guys right there that I don't feel overly confident that they can just carry my team as my QB two. I want two of those guys or, you know, one from, you know, or, or Tua or, you know, taking a shot on Sam Darnold. Like I want, I don't want to be stuck there. Like, Oh, my QB two is Ryan Fitzpatrick and my QB three is drew lock. Like <laughs> that sounds horrible. Right. So in sewer flex leagues, I I'm cool with them as my QB two, but I'm not, I'm not just set and forgetting, you know, do you have the sleeper ADP in front of you right now? Yes. Where do they have Sam Darnold going right now? Because fantasy pros, and I hope it's wrong or just not corrected yet. QB 32? Yeah, he's QB 30. Sam Darnold is QB 30 right yeah. now in sleeper ADP. Yeah. And this is redraft. They, they break it down. They make ah. it available for us. So we appreciate that. Um, ah. and, but it looks like there's at this time of the year, there's a lot of dynasty influence, I think, in these leagues. Um, you know, I think once we get to August, we'll see that balance out for, and when I say that, I mean, balance out for some of the guys like big Ben right now is only going one spot above Sam Darnold. I don't really know why that Dynasty be should be all the more reason he <laughs> should be jacked up. He's but, like 23 years old. Sam, people, I, I think, I don't know that Darnold's going to move. I think he's going to stay right here. People have been burned by him too many times, which is always the reason people give for not right. wanting to draft players. He's on a new team with plenty of weapons. Um, and their defense is needs work. So I have him as my QB 20. I have, well, I guess I move him up here. So he was 27, Sam Darnold. So I, he's like, he's like a great, he's like the poster child QB three in a super flex league for me. Like I, I definitely want him. Like if I took, you know, Winston or Fitzpatrick or Carr, you know, give me Sam Darnold. Like I want to get that third quarterback again. If you're the last guy to get your QB two, I want to be the first guy to get my QB three um, in super flex leagues, just so that I have a little bit of stability there. Um, so yeah, he's definitely going to be a target in sewer flex leagues. And even in one QB leagues, like he's just a guy to keep an eye on. He's, um, I was pulling this up real quick to see where he's at. He plays the jets. He the, dude, is this for real? He plays the jets week one. Nah, <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule right now. It looks, I mean, it's got Dallas. I think this is accurate. That would be insanity. Don't tell me it falls on like Adam Gase's birthday or something. <laughs> If he if he seriously gets the Jets at home in week one, I mean, yeah, then Sam Darnold becomes an option in one QB leagues. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I, I, I'm i so shocked. At, and I, I say how quickly people are to pull the cord on Sam Darnold. I know it's been like three years now, but the dude was immediately put into a position to fail at the age of 21. Like that doesn't happen. Guys don't just come into the league and I mean, I guess they do now, but <laughs> just come into the league and start. But he came in and he had no weapons around him. He had a terrible coaching staff. He's had multiple offensive coordinators, if I'm not mistaken. But now he's moving into like the complete flip side, the you know completely different scenario uh, where he's going to have seemingly stable coaching weapons all around him. DJ Moore, CMC in the backfield, the check the ball down to which i'm sure will take advantage of plenty uh robbie anderson who he has he you know he's got the existing rapport from already playing with him in new york terrace marshall now uh look man all i'm saying is if if sam darnold ends up going somewhere in this his current adp qb 
30 to QB 32. I'm going to end up owning him on every single one of my redraft rosters this this season, just on upside alone. So, so not to make this a Sam Darnold hour, I did double check, confirmed, plays the Jets week one at home in Carolina, which is crazy. This dude's schedule the first eight weeks is off the freaking chain. Here. Jets and, and Saints is a good defense, so this is that's the blip. But Jets at home, Saints at home. Then at Houston, at Dallas, Philly at home, Minnesota at home, and then at the Giants week seven, followed by at Atlanta week eight. Oh, There's no. maybe two defenses on that that I'm – New Orleans and maybe the Giants. That's it. Like – What's That's the uh, uh, playoff schedule? Playoff schedule's rough. You don't want him for the playoffs. <laughs> but but if, you give, if you're telling me, even the first four weeks, I can play him against the Jets, the Texans, and the Cowboys. Huge. Oh, bro. Like, that that alone, and that's actually one of the points I jotted down here for 1QB leagues. Like, in redraft, it matters. The schedule freaking matters. Like, you, you should be looking. If there's a guy that has tough matchups the first couple weeks, you're going to sink him just a bit, you know, in my opinion, because you know, you need somebody to start with, right? I believe it was Roethlisberger gets Buffalo right out of the gate week one. Like, I don't, I don't love that matchup. Um, you look at uh, Stafford, he gets Chicago week one. Are you confident in playing Matthew Stafford right out of the gate in week one against the bears? If not, you know, that should factor into how you're evaluating these guys. This isn't dynasty. This isn't a oh, long-term. This is, you have six, you know, and well, maybe 14 weeks regular season to get it done. And if you're not confident starting Matthew Stafford, maybe it's just I am the rest of the way, so I'll just pick somebody else up for week one. Maybe I just pick up Sam Darnold. That's great. Or maybe it's, okay, I'm going to lean a different direction here because I don't, I don't like where he's sitting the first, you know, the first few weeks. Again, like we'll dig into this, but um, the schedule really, really, really matters. And, yeah, looking at that, <laughs> I'm probably going to own way too much freaking Sam Darnold now because that schedule is juicy and uh, – that, yeah, that's that's pretty baller right there. So if he if you draft him as your QB three, he might be your QB two for that first yeah. two months <laughs> of the season. No joke. So um, and he's got that late bye week. So yeah, that's man, that's we, that's, that's something we really can't emphasize enough on this uh, redraft centric fantasy football show is matchups and the you know the 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 uh, the fact that we're able to look ahead of time and see, like you said, you plan out those first five weeks. I remember doing that last year. Um, like Daniel Jones was a guy that I liked, but mm-hmm. I remember the schedule started off something just horrific. Week one, Pittsburgh, uh, d- terrible matchups after that for the first few weeks. I knew that there was no chance that even at a value, I wanted Daniel Jones because I would go into every single Sunday with a pit in my stomach if I had to start him. And I wouldn't be able to throw in my starting lineup and just think in the back of my head like, oh, but I got him at a good value. Like, it doesn't matter at that point. You've got 16, 17 weeks uh, you know, it counts this year. At the end of the year, it's done. You don't get you don't get a redo. You don't get to trade in the off season. Yeah, I, I was right, and I was I was on the same page with you as Daniel Jones last year. And like, yeah, Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran, and the Rams. That was his oh. 2020 start. Oh. The first month, you literally could not play Daniel Jones. So like, especially when these guys aren't street or when these guys are streamers, you really need to look at that because. If you're if you draft a guy to be a streaming quarterback to start the year, but you can't play have confidence in those first couple of matchups, he should go undrafted. Leave him on the wire. Somebody else can draft him. They will get frustrated and drop him after those tough matchups. So definitely a good discussion. I think this will be an interesting uh, position. As I mean, apparently we broke down that uh, Sam Darnold is going to be a top top uh, draft uh, target for all of us, or should be. But uh, yeah, man, this is a lot of fun. 
we'll uh we're gonna be back you and i jake and i will be back uh with memphis and jerry doing a mock draft later this week on the war zones so uh sometimes so just stay subscribed tuned in 